Well, welcome back as we head into our three. I have to tell you, my day was set and made at five o'clock this morning when the email I sent out got a response saying yes from our very next guest, one of my favorite people. It's been too long since he's been on the show. He's the best living uh, American historian. He is Professor Wilfred McClay. And the book of import here is his uh, survey, an invitation, he calls it, to the great American story titled Land of Hope. Professor McClay is a professor over at Hillsdale College. He is the Victor Davis Hanson Chair in Classical History and Western Civilization, probably the best title in the world. <laughs> Dr. McClay, how are you, sir? Welcome back to the Airwaves of Phoenix. Oh, thank you, Seth. It's wonderful to be with you, and you know, you're the best. Uh, I, I don't know whether I I can live up to the all the encomia you just threw at me, but you're the you're the best interviewer oh, I've ever. Well, you're very kind. You're very there. Kind. You go. Um, um, but you're also tremendously insightful and scholarly, and. Uh, one of the greatest uh, days of my intellectual life post-college was when Neil Kozadoy, then the editor of Commentary, said, you have to read everything Bill McClay writes. And I started, <laughs> and so you're the best teacher I've oh, never geez. had. How's that? Wow. Hearing that is making today one of my better days, because I admire <laughs> Neil so much. I, he was a great editor at Commentary, and, uh, and then getting Tikva. Uh, the, the publications of the Tikva group yeah. uh, off the ground, and, and now this wonderful magazine Mosaic, which John Silver edits with superbly. And you know, it's, this is all the doing of Neil Kozoy, a name that your your listeners probably don't know. He's always been in the shadows. Yep. You know, he's a, yep. one of those great editors who doesn't want anybody to know that he's actually the one that turns your marshmallow prose into something solid and and substantial. So um, he makes the world work really, quietly. There are a few he, men that he, keep the world on its axis, and he's right. And I don't know what we're going to do with that. I know, it. I know, I know, I know. Let's send him off to Switzerland and put him in a put him in a guarded community. Well, let's talk about you. I talk about you often um, because in the introduction, and I was thinking of you uh, yesterday uh, throughout my memory, uh, memorializing, commemorating nine eleven. In the introduction to your book, Land of Hope. I often quote you, for, for the human animal, meaning is not a luxury, it is a necessity. Without it, we perish. Historical consciousness is to civilized society what memory is to individual identity. Without memory and without the stories by which our memories are carried forward, we cannot say who or what we are. Without them, our life and thought dissolve into a meaningless, unrelated rush of events. That meaningless, unrelated rush of events. Before I quit my filibuster, um, Professor, <laughs> uh, I have to throw out at you. Uh, an essay you wrote on what we should be remembering on September 11th that you wrote in 2011, 10 years after, and it got wide play. And it's odd to me that it's been another decade or so since that was written. It feels like I first read it yesterday. And we commemorated 9-11 yesterday. And today it's all but forgotten. And I think it was even forgotten by the end of the evening last night. Take this anywhere you want to go. Yeah, I it is it's you're 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 absolutely right and it's astonishing to me that other than um a few uh places uh, Hugh Hewitt's show did some things with the day of, of some some real real substance and significance and I heard a few other things I didn't make a effort to sort of see what everybody was doing and uh 
and for all I know, the New York Times gave it a lot of attention, but I somehow doubt it. Uh, it's uh, it's something we we don't we don't yet really have a way of dealing with it. And I think once we get past once you get past the sort of um, the, the the way in which the horror, the sheer horror of the occasion, drew us together for a very brief, tantalizingly brief period of time. Uh, almost strange to remember now how unified we were, uh, you know, in that immediate aftermath. But we, part of the problem is we don't know what it is that we should remember, uh, other than the heroic sacrifice of the first responders and of a few individuals who definitely deserve to be remembered. But, um, uh, it, it's not like Pearl Harbor. People compared it to Pearl Harbor. Right. It's not like Pearl Harbor because we know why uh, Pearl Harbor is important to remember, why it was important to remember, particularly in the early 1940s uh, as the war effort was going full blast. Remember uh, the act of uh, of infamy, as President Roosevelt called it, uh, that uh, that that provoked our entry into that the, the greatest war in human history, um, uh, which we had not wanted to get involved in. Um, uh, so we, 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 there's no comparability here. We, nobody knows what to make, really, of the meaning, the larger meaning of 9-11. And I think if you sat down a group of people, um, you'd get as many answers as there were people around the table. That's uh, what, that and, was your that was the point of your essay from uh, yeah. eleven or so years ago. I remember or twelve, I guess now. I, I remember it well. You said there were two things that we'll remember on the on the decades passing. If I if I if I recall right, one was we'll get some imagery, but we won't get the yeah. meaning. We won't get the enduring meaning, right? Yes, yes, and actually we don't get much of the imagery either. And although that now I, is gone, I, right? Yeah, especially all the people who plunged through that, that horrifying sight that those of us who were around at that time remember. We 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 don't get a look another look at that. Um, you you had uh, a great you it, had a you had a you had a tremendous phrase you used here a few sentences ago. Uh, you said the horror that brought us together. You know what that put me in mind, in Professor, and I wonder if you might riff on this. You might disagree with it. Um, the sister of one of the pilots who went into the Pentagon that day, his name was Chick Burlingame. Her name was Deborah Burlingame. Mm-hmm, I, I, yeah. remember, I remember her being interviewed on 2003 on a Neil Cavuto show, so just uh, two years after. And he said, um, aside from your brother, uh, what do you miss most? And you know what she said? She said, the anger. I miss the anger. Does that help us? Does anger help us? And have we been sanitized of it? Well, that's a very, I mean, I I think the anger alone is surely not what she meant. What she meant is the the sort of galvanizing sense of meaning that, that both produces the anger and sustains the anger, that, that you're, you're angry when something very deeply wrong, not just an accident, not just a fluke, but something deeply wrong, deeply malicious, right. deeply evil has occurred, and uh, there's no real way of, um, uh, of adjusting the balance in that. There's no real way of achieving sort of historical equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there's no no way her brother can be can be brought back or his life his loss adequately atoned for uh, by anybody, and nobody's apologizing. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's. 
um, because we were even from the very beginning, we were so intent on obscuring the nature of the foe. Mm-hmm. I mean, even President Bush yep. at the time was was just going out of his way right. to say, well, there's just a few uh, bad eggs who happen to uh, misrepresent a religion the, of peace. Misrepresent a religion right. of peace, right. indeed. Right. And, you know, this um, has stood. I mean, it's, it's, uh, or, or it's, it's not been replaced. I don't know how well it stood, but uh, nobody really believes it. But um, it's, uh, um, I think one of the things that, it, by the way, is interesting to contemplate uh, is how much in all facets of our lives the fear of uh, the use of force by extreme elements, and not just, you know, jihadists here. I'm, I'm talking about all sorts of things, about riots in the streets mm-hmm. uh, over issues that are stri- strictly domestic in character. Um, it's it's becoming uh, acceptable, the threat of violence. Yeah. We had, you know, we had crowds out in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses, so those who were deemed likely to vote uh, favorably in the Dobbs case, and and a an assassination attempt on Judge Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's so many ways that, uh, that, that the, the power of violence the store owners in Oakland and all over California who simply don't try to stop shoplifters from stealing their merchandise because they're afraid, uh, because a reign of violence has uh, has silenced uh, the forces of of, uh, of law and order. It's it's it's. I'm not saying that 9/11 caused this. I'm saying that there's a there's a kind of uh, uh, there's a par- yeah, there's a there's a, a weird paradoxical evolution. We perhaps were so shocked by it on 9-11 over the course of 20 or so years, we have now become cavalier about it. Could I pick up on that on the other side yes. of this break with yes. you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Our guest is the one and only Professor Wilford McClay. His book that you want, the book you want is Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Professor Wilfred McClay from Hillsdale College is our guest. His book, Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story. We're talking about what to remember and what should be remembered. We're talking about that in the context of history and memory, particularly in the wake of the commemoration of 9-11. Professor, you were making such an interesting observation that 9-11 itself on that dark day, for those of us that were in, around, or near it, or observed it, it was such a shock to the system. I believe Charles Krauthammer said we were—this will hit all your themes. I believe Charles mm-hmm. Krauthammer said at the time we were going through a holiday from history until 9-11. And the holiday yeah, ended that yeah. day. And today we're, we're not shocked by any violence, it seems. Anyway. Yeah. No, and we haven't even really taken aboard uh, the absolutely catastrophic events— uh, uh, involved in our bug out from Afghanistan, which began in response to these events. We we uh, we haven't faced up to the fact that uh, you know Lincoln's well, arguably Lincoln's greatest speech, certainly one of the greatest, the Gettysburg Address, is grounded in the in the notion that we, we cannot let those 
who die, die in vain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's up to us, uh, to his audience, to those, the auditors and those who would read his speech, it's up to us to carry on the work which they so nobly began. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that idea that we our, our brave uh, soldiers should not ever or their families think that they died in vain. Well, uh, what are we to think? And then certainly the rhetoric of this particular president, uh, I'm going to try not to pick on him, but <laughs> uh, he, he went to Alaska for 9-11, got as far away from uh, from the continental United States as you could manage uh, in the uh, uh, the uh, uh, in uh, twenty uh, yeah, twenty one, uh, his first shot at it, he just sort of mumbled uh, about mostly about it's really a hard day because that's the day the families remember when they got the phone call, right. uh, and 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 it's all all this very personal sort of Oprah kind of stuff that n- nothing to do with the geopolitical. Uh, responsibilities of the United States of what of the fact that those people who died died because they were Americans. That's right. That it, and and that's a fact people don't seem that's to right. want to take aboard or to to grant the significance of even after this time. You know, there's so such I, a weird I, thing about his speech yesterday from Alaska, <laughs> hitting on this. He says three times, "Never forget, never forget, never forget." the history, the memory of it, and then lies about his own. It was so odd. Never forget, never forget, never forget. I remember I was there the next day. He's telling us not to forget to memorialize how important memory is and then lies about the very history of it. It's a very odd thing. And that's not a small lie. That's not a lie about being the the quarterback on his high school football (laughs) team or something like that, Uh, uh, which he no doubt was. But uh, in the occasion, it's a big lie. It's a big lie um, that he in some way was johnning on the spot with responding to this national calamity. And and I, I saw that they, they, they've even located the speech he gave the next day on C-SPAN. Yes. So uh, it, it, it's it's and you know that will just be you know the the New York Times, which would uh, beat up on on Donald Trump if it was something like sure. that with him. We'll ignore sure. it. The Washington Post will ignore it. The broadcast media will ignore it. And that's one of the reasons why people are so. Um, uh, soporific and and uh, kind of in a daze about things that they're not really being uh, asked to think about hard things. That's right, because it's a lie of, about an important memory that in that lie about that important memory reduces the import, the very import of that memory, and just because becomes another item in the unrelated rush of events. Nothing exists, mm-hmm. George Orwell wrote, except an endless present in which the party is always right. There's this there's this constant yeah. agitation, right, that that never ceases. So we can't focus on durable things. Everything yeah. is unimportant now, or equally. No, that's important. right. Yeah, that's right. And and I think um, no, <laughs> nobody wants to acknowledge that our our bug out in Afghanistan was the clearest sign we could have given to uh, Putin and to uh, the, the leaders in China and and the rest of the world. That um, America is America is out to lunch. Yeah. I mean, America, not America is not back. We're uh, we're showing them our back. Right. You know, we're yeah. uh, we're so. Uh, I I think the invasion of Ukraine is 
it, it, a lot of the blame for that seems to me uh, rests with uh, the Biden administration for allowing this utter calamity in Afghanistan, which is just unspeakable. Um, uh, the, the degree to which they betrayed everyone involved. You, in are, to... you on your website at Hillsdale quote from one of my favorite people in the world. There's a there's a bio, there's a quote from uh, Reinhold Niebuhr, the Children of Light, oh, yeah. the Children of Darkness. I was thinking of uh, another book of his I love, The Irony of American History. Yes, and, yes. And I was thinking about the irony of of that. What you're speaking of, we spent all that time overcoming 9/11 only to help through our absence, reinstantiate the very government we threw out, complete with prisoners we held in that in that very government in the Taliban in Afghanistan, governing to this day. And 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 I guess that's why I like your 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 line so much in the preface to your book, because it comes right before you write a culture without memory will necessarily be barbarous and easily tyrannized. And, mm-hmm. and, and and I have to tell you, obviously, I don't know, we could argue about whether we're living in tyrann- tyrannical times. I don't think we are quite yet. But we're, we we have certainly seen efforts at it, and we have certainly given that back to Afghanistan, barbarous and ty- barbarism and tyranny. There is this investment in the erasure of our memory. Eli Wiesel, yes. what did Eli, Eli Wiesel put it? Uh, let me see if I have this right. He said... Um, uh, re- memory is as important as re- uh, uh, redemption is as important to memory as exile is to forgetfulness. We've kind of exiled ourselves from the world mm. and the importance of things. Yes, well, you know, and and the memory. I mean, one of the interesting things, terrifying things about the sort of woke movement is that there there is no forgiveness there is no uh, reconciliation with the uh, an, an imperfect past which that's all we've got i mean that's all yeah. individually um you know uh, with the exception of you and me uh, who are perfectly virtuous everybody else right. has sinned <laughs> grievously and uh, uh deserves to pay for it yes. uh and uh without forgiveness uh uh, there, there's no bearing it, and and uh, you know if people are are sort of hauled up for the fact that they said something 40 years ago, or thought something incorrect 50 years ago, uh, uh, and and made uh, not only unworthy of some present day distinction, but unworthy of being remembered. Yeah, uh, this is this is just. Suicidal. Let me let me take the commercial break and pick up on that because I think you're being generous and perhaps you'll scold me and reteach me or perhaps you'll agree. Forty years ago, yes, I'm worried about four years. I'm worried about things that were said forty minutes ago that were legitimate that are no longer legit. All right, I'll come right back with Professor Wilfred M. McClay. His book, Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. Uh, author of many books, uh, and uh, I didn't mean to say this is the book you want, uh, given all his wonderful writings, but it is the book you want. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Dr. Wilfred McClay is my guest, professor of history at Hillsdale Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. His uh, his, his his most uh, most relevant book for our discussion today and certainly important. Anyone who wants to get a start teaching their kids or reminding themselves of the American history um, that uh, they once thought was important, we all know this is the book you want. Uh, Professor, you were just talking about something about 
things from 40 or 50 years ago that seem perhaps unpleasant in today's context. I was saying, you know, sometimes it's 40 minutes ago. You know, things move so fast. Um, there's, a, there's a saying around this show called MOFA, Make Orwell Fiction Again. And um, it reminds me of this notion he had in 1984 of the memory hole. And um, you will find this interesting. The White House website has every speech President Biden gives, every speech Dr. Jill Biden gives, every press appearance John Pierre gives. Guess what? You know his speech from Alaska yesterday? They, they, they passed it up. It's not there. They have speeches before and speeches and statements after. The memory hole is with us as we exist. I find that fascinating. Do I, did I lose him? Hello. Yeah, sorry. I did. I we had a small connection problem there. I don't know oh, if you caught okay. what I said. Yeah. Yeah, I did oh, okay. catch what okay. you said. Right. I, I want, what I wanted to know is whether it, 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 that speech is, which I haven't seen, is yep. available elsewhere. CNN did a fact check. Said, thank yeah. God, you know. <laughs> CNN uh, did it. It was too much uh, for them. They did the fact check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got the. Well, of I course, the you know, there's certainly forces now in the Democratic Party and the left that, that want him out, and and so they'll be. Will be there'll be more disclosure, I think. Yes, uh, but but um, but isn't that uh, interesting? They're memory holing their own president right now. Yeah, I just yeah. find it well, fascinating. It is. Uh, it's 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 of a piece though with everything that's that's going on. And we had um, the sixteen nineteen yep. project of the New York Times right. uh, was surreptitiously edited on the website without acknowledging it to take out some of the embarrassing. And historical errors. Nobody ever said anything about it. That this very ingenious, heroic figure, Phil Magnus, who works for an economics think tank yeah. in New England, uh, was the one who found it. And no, uh, and you know, a number a number of us wrote a letter to the Pulitzer people saying, "Well, are you going? To, shouldn't you rescind the Pulitzer Prize for this?" And of course, they're not going. Nothing to, exists it, except it, an it, endless present in which the party is always right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, what? What? But what? Uh, what is on the website now is what? What you know was meant to be there. And, <laughs> Uh, there's no accountability, no. Um, but I think you know, memory is uh, memory is a tricky thing. We do fabricate memories. Uh, I've, I'm stumbling all the time that I remember things that weren't exactly the way I yes, recall them. But that's sure. one of the reasons we need documents, we need histories, we need something solid to to um, uh, you know sort of knock our brains against and and kind of test the truth. Uh, but that becomes increasingly difficult when you don't have uh, a sort of stability in historical memory. When everything, like you said, four minutes ago, yeah. uh, don't pay no attention right. <laughs> to that man behind the curtain. Right. Or, uh, uh, or kill you, him. You, uh, what, yeah, just depending know, what, on which. Yeah. <laughs> or love him and then it, kill him, right, four minutes later. There right. was a fundamental yeah. difference between men and women. How silly can right. you be? I right. mean, where have you been? Don't you know what time it is? Right. Uh, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there, there is this sense. I think one of the things we need most, and COVID in a peculiar way may have helped with this, is to, to build up in the citizenry a a healthy suspicion of expert 
of what claims to be expert yes. knowledge yes. and a willingness to, because this is what actually republican the republican form of government is all about yes. is the people rule themselves right. they don't allow the experts to rule them them they rule themselves and that may mean sometimes that they they don't pay attention to the experts horrible yeah but they but that's being self-ruled that's the notion of self-government is fundamentally that we get to, to, to you know, G.K. Chesterton has a wonderful, humorous saying about this I absolutely love. He says, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it requires, um, I suppose, if we're going to have self-government, it requires an element of truth. Can I keep you one more segment? Do you have one more segment in you? Yes. Could I pick yes, up yes, on yeah. that? Yeah, all, all the time you want. Okay. Bless you, sir. Thank you. It is a delight to have with us uh, Professor Wilford McClay. Uh, the book I want you to get is Land of Hope, An Invitation to the Great American Story. You want to understand why Lincoln called us the, great, the, uh, the last best hope? This is why. The title, Land of Hope. Good hint towards it. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Professor Wilfred McClay from Hillsdale College is our guest, and we're talking about everything important. That's what we're talking about. And, Professor, you brought up the 1619 Project. For history to have meaning, it has to be as truthful as we can perhaps get it. And maybe it's an asymptotic journey, but it has to be truthful as closely as we can. I think the most instructive thing I found about the 1619 Project, and I would love your comment on this, uh, the creator of it, the general editor, Nicole Hannah-Jones, um, her dad is a Vietnam War veteran. He's a black man, an African-American man who flies the American flag proudly in front of his in the front yard of his home every day by regulation. And when it gets tattered, he replaces it. And one one day, young Nicole Hannah Jones comes home from elementary in school and says to her daddy, Daddy, that flag means nothing for us. We must take it down. And he says, where did you learn that? And she says, I learned it in school. And he took the flag down. You have a black man in the 1960s who wears the uniform of the United States in a time that would have had much more racism than when Nicole Hannah Jones went to school, who thinks it's a great thing to fly the American flag. He's proud to do so, to be instructed by his young daughter from elementary school teachers that he's wrong to do so. Something about that story tells me everything I need to know about the 1619 Project, and I wonder if that has meaning to you. It, it is something about that story doesn't ring true to me. I can't imagine that his that little Nicole skipping home from school and 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 commanding him to take down the flag would have had that effect. Um, I, I always thought that was a rather inept way for her to introduce. I did too. Yes, it, it, it in fact it, it's a story that really indicates the opposite that that uh, um, uh, African Americans have everything to gain from the success of the American enterprise and um, and that a great deal has been gained enough to make a man feel strongly enough about his country to fly the flag, which how many people do that? I mean, you know, I'm the only one on my block. I have a block yeah, of 10 right. houses in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, yeah I'm the only well, one. Well, here in, here in, here in Hillsdale, yeah, a lot it's a of little different it, in Hillsdale. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 and in southern Michigan, which is a very impoverished area. Yeah. 
But people, uh, but that doesn't affect people's view of the of the, the nation and of its principal symbol for them, the flag. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I I don't disagree with you though that it said that, that, that the story and deploying of that story uh, says a lot about that schools, that public schools. Or her ability and, um, to overcome and, the establishment understanding yeah. of things, maybe, or her her bra- well, some, some her, some, yeah. somehow her bragging on that point. Maybe. Yeah, and of course the the problem is she then went off to I, I forget I think she went to Notre Dame, um, and uh, and and was an angry you know sort of cosseted angry uh, you know minority student there, and then has uh, gotten every prize you can have thrown at her MacArthur Awards and so on along the way for, frankly, pretty mediocre work, including the 1619 Project, mm-hmm. which is full of errors and is uh, is really uh, just a, uh, there's, there are some good things in it that she solicited from other writers. Um, I did read through the whole thing when it came out, you know, the 100-page edition of the New York Times magazine and there were some very good things in it there were some awful things and the stuff that got the attention and that really clearly was what she cared about was uh, was the, the more incendiary stuff but um it to me the, the saddest thing about the 1619 thing is the year 1619 could could there could have been a whole different way of doing this what they, what they could have done is take up the fact that yes, 1619, which actually isn't that important a year, but it is arguably the first enslaved Africans landing on soil that would become part of the United States. There was already plenty of slavery in the region, um, and it had not been brought by uh, uh, you know the the, the English uh, primarily. But um, uh, what what. W.E.B. Du Bois has a wonderful line in his Souls of Black Folk in which he is talking about the slave songs. It's a chapter in that book, a beautiful chapter I recommend to everyone. And he says, you know, um, uh, the, at one point he says, you know, what what of your America? You know, what, did, did we have a role in that? And yes, we did. We it, In 1619, you know, before the pilgrims arrived, we were already here. Mm-hmm. He says this much better than I'm saying it now. It's really beautiful. And he goes on to talk about the gifts that Africans gave from the very beginning to, to what America would become. Mm-hmm. And look, it's not, a, it's not an ode that doesn't have sort of dissonant notes in it. Um, but it is an ode nonetheless. It's an ode to America. Mm-hmm. Um, and in which he sees 1619 as the beginning of a history that they that that people of African descent share with the rest of Americans. Of so they, they, what they could have says, look, this is the idea that African American history is this sort of oppressive oppressed sidebar to the mainstream of American history. Um, that isn't the best way or the only way to look at it. That's right. Uh, you know, the, the, before the pilgrims came, we were here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his line. Uh, and, uh, y- you know, there there are a lot of different ways to construe that. Uh, and uh, one of a legitimate way is, yes, we were here. And our labor, uh, the, the, the work of our bodies 
it was was unappreciated. Yeah. Was not not appreciated. Yeah. And that's that's perfectly legitimate. But we were here. We were part of. We have been part of the American story. And and uh, the notion that 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 the the, the anti black racism is encoded in American culture from 1619 on, the way he compares it to DNA, mm-hmm. um, is it, wrong. And, and it's the last thing in the world that young African-Americans should be hearing, that once again, you're being told you, you don't really have a place yeah. in America. Yeah. Uh, and that, I, 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 it's, you know, I start sputtering just thinking about this, that what on earth did they think they were doing that would be of a positive nature, other than than just another version of the race hustling that unfortunately has never served the interests of black people in America in the past and is not going to do so in the future. Uh, so I I I uh, the thing it was it was a, not only a terrible. Uh, uh, sort of atrocity to let loose on the country, but it was a missed opportunity. Yes, right. That's a missed opportunity for, uh, and we can't afford to miss too many more of these opportunities. We need to, um, uh, and and you know, reparations is not, <laughs> not not going to work. And the more that the reparations is pressed, and of course in in uh, in California, I mean, it's been re- re- pushed to the reductio ad absurdum, and even Newsom. If he runs for president, it's not going to be. He's going to have to run in the opposite direction yeah. from reparations. If he wants to have any kind of hope of winning, so I I think it it's it. You know, I won't say any more except that it was a missed opportunity, yeah. and I um, it was I'm a missed opportunity of cynicism. We deserved an oath. Yeah. I got to say thank I, you, sir. We have we have reached our limit. To, for okay. Today. Okay. Can we do it can again? Can I just say soon? one thing? I mean, I'm very grateful for people like Robert Woodson yes. who have taken a, 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 a different black perspective, yes, and, I, and may, may, may it have influence. You betcha. Bless you, sir. Portions of this show brought to you by the great people at Y Refi. Y Refi, uh, based here. Locally, uh, they invite you to visit them. They're on Scottsdale Road and the 101. You won't get a sales pitch from them or ask to be signed uh, to sign anything. They leave um, they leave the sales pitching up to me, but it is a uh, investment in a portfolio that they offer in a secure and collateralized portfolio that is not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. If those vicissitudes concern you, this investment might be just for you. It's uh, true you can earn up to a ten point two five percent fixed rate of return. And it's, as I say, not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. A 10.25% fixed rate of return. There's no reduction or penalty or attack on principal if you ever need your money back. And you get a monthly statement with absolutely no surprises. And there are no fees where you can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. That's 888-YREFI-24. I quoted throughout my interview with uh, Professor McClay the preface to his book. Let me give you his last lines in it, the book being Land of Hope, an invitation to the great American story. He writes, The mixed patriotism that the United States has brought into being is one of the bright lights of human history, and we should not allow it to be extinguished, either through inattention to our ideals or through ignorance of our story. So we have a responsibility before us. We must know both, not only our creed, but also our culture. 
We need to take aboard fully all that was entailed in our forebears' bold assertion that all human beings are created equal in the eyes of the Creator and that they bear an inherent dignity that cannot be taken away from them. But we also need to remember and teach others to remember the meaning of Lexington and Concord and Independence Hall and Gettysburg and Promontory Summit and Pointe de Hoc and Birmingham and West Berlin and countless other places and moments of spirit and sacrifice in the American past, places and moments with which the American future will need to be conversant and will need to keep faith. That's what America deserves. It's what he said. It deserves an ode, not an ongoing meaningless rush of self-flagellation and condemnation. And I just love his notion that what we need here is a recommitment to not just our culture, but our creed. And if there is an enduring lesson or instruction from 9-11, as we were talking about and commemorating yesterday, and if there's maybe one thing we can do to salute the heroes from that day and remember the victims of that day, it's that. It's a recommemoration of just why we were attacked and the meaning of that and what the enemies of what they think we are need to know from who we are and that we are exactly that culture and creed. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class is dismissed.